0: Welcome to the Caper Cast, a podcast where we discuss all kinds of cinematic heists and capers. It is episode number 23, and I am Stephanie, joined by my partner in crime, Whitney. Uh, and we are talking about a really fun movie today. Um, we're, we're, we're talking about the South Korean film, the thieves from um, yeah two thousand twelve. hmm. hmm. We hadn't done a foreign film for a while, and uh, thought it would be fun to mix things up and kind of step away from those, the western heist movies, and see uh-huh. uh, what the rest of the world has to offer. And um, without jumping boy, did into- it ever! Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's a fun one. I mm-hmm. I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, it. I mean, it is long and complicated, but I feel like if you're paying enough attention, there's a lot of payoff. It's. Yes. I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah. Um. It's really interesting. Um. Again, like you said, there's definitely a lot going on at all times. Mm-hmm. um, uh, But yeah, we'll we'll get into that. We're doing right, right, right. Okay. We'll do a little. We'll do a little summary. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I keep on every single time we knock one or two things off the list. I find more movies to add to our list. And I think when we started this, I was like, well, we were like, oh, you know, there's only a certain number of heist movies out there. But like this genre is really making a comeback lately, too. And in addition to all these like great heist movies that have existed for years, they are making a lot of them. Again now too. And um Mm -hmm. we obviously have to have Chicken Run Two on here, just for the heck of it, which comes out later this year. But uh I was looking up this movie and saw there was like an Argentinian like heist movie that's supposed to be good and like all this other stuff too. And I'm just so stoked to keep exploring all of these movies and the genre and to see what else everyone has to offer when it comes to doing these movies
1: yeah um the director Choi Dong Hoon uh has two other movie well has a few other movies but two of them are The Big Swindle and something called High Rollers oh and so I'm like wait those also sound like capery heist movies we're gonna have to add those to the list and I mean, we'll get into facts later. I couldn't find a lot of fun facts for this movie, but he did say like people were asking him, oh, were you inspired by Oceans? This is obviously an Oceans movie. And he's like, no, I was inspired by my own other movies.
0: <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yep, yep. yep. Okay.
1: Well, we have to add those if they, if they uh, inspired you to make this one.
0: Yeah. I'm looking it up now. And the big swindle is from 2004 and it's billed as a crime slash heist movie. So. All right. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is also going to be, um, I, I've just added it to the list.
1: <laughs> I had enough fun watching this that I would definitely watch anything else this director has done.
0: Yeah, and at the very least, if there was nothing else enjoyable about this film, like, but there, there's a lot to enjoy about yeah. it. There, it's so heisty. There's so many of the tropes. <laughs> there's so many cons going on throughout from start to finish. Um, yes and just a lot of like shenanigans. So yeah, yeah. I'm on board. Um, I'm I'm like looking him up. I didn't do any Googling really aside from very briefly looking up yeah. um, some stuff, but uh, I didn't know he had like other heist movies and
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah, I'm, I'm into this. What did you yeah. say? Did you say what the other one was called? The Big Swindle
1: and High Rollers. My Rollers.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. I see that one here from 2006. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this one is, looks like a crime thriller about underground card gambling.
1: Okay. Not so heisty, but maybe Big Swindle belongs on
0: the list. Yeah. 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 I think like I mean, we've had this discussion countless times now at episode 23. <laughs> Here we which, go on if it's, it's a heist movie or not. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's from this very brief synopsis, a con movie for sure, which again mm-hmm. is under the uh, caper umbrella. But yeah, yeah. So it's l- listed as a crime slash comedy film. This one. So,
1: OK. hmm. Yeah. um. All right. I have a little summary and then we can
0: jump in. Let's do that. But as a quick reminder to everybody, um, we are going to get into spoilers after Whitney shares more about the film. So uh, consider this your warning, just in case this is the first time you're listening to the CaperCast. This is a really fun one. I don't think either one of us will want you to miss out on all the twists. That's true. There's
1: a lot of twists and crosses and flips and turns it's a it's a lot and this was really fun so I
0: do recommend watching this one yes and then come back to our episode unless spoilers you know you don't care about them but um again if this is the first time listening please be aware that we are going to talk about everything to do with this film so yes Whitney take it away okay
1: all right here we go Uh, In order to let things cool down from their latest heist, Popeye and his group of thieves go to Macau on a job. But the mastermind behind this job is none other than Popeye's old partner, Macau Park, who escaped with 68 kilograms of gold several years ago on their last job together. Macau Park uh, brought Chinese thieves as well along for the heist, but little did they know what Macau Park had planned for each one of them. His plan takes an unexpected turn when Popeye brings Pepsi, a genius safe cracker, an old flame of Macau Park to settle the score. The thieves new target is a $20 million diamond known as the tear of the sun kept safely away in a casino brought there to be sold by a notorious Chinese fence. While working together to steal this fabled diamond, they all have their own agenda to keep the diamond for themselves. But who will succeed and live to see another day? Dun, dun, dun. That is the thieves.
0: The thieves. Um, yeah, I yeah. went in relatively blind to this. I started watching this movie when we were doing rock pack research. Uh, so I had made a huge list of films to dive into and to watch and make like research notes on um, amazing. So I started watching this movie, but I had had issues with uh, subtitles that weren't working yes. properly, uh, mm-hmm. and I had to kind of like leave it. But I wound up finding um, a version of it on the uh, streaming service Tubi for anyone who um, is interested in checking this out, uh, and that that worked. So uh, great. It was- so much fun. And I don't think I kind of turned off my brain. Like I wasn't trying to anticipate what was going to happen. So it wasn't like, you know, like, I feel like I can say I was so caught up. I was caught off guard by like everything, but I wasn't actively kind of trying to figure out Mm -hmm. where it was all going to go. But I loved the opening heist
1: uh, the opening heist the opening titles like so it just really just brought you in like okay we're doing this heist movie it's on much like i think mission impossible had the same sort of vibe like oh we're in it you know right
0: yeah i love the titles feel very heisty like you know mm-hmm. uh that kind of i don't know how to describe but the kind of just like introducing us to all the characters yeah, it's very kind of graphic in- and colors and yeah you know. yeah So and so playing so and so, and like, Mm -hmm. and uh, not quite like here's the team, uh, and here's their specialties, just kind of like the cast and uh, who they're playing. But yeah, it was like so great, and I wasn't again sure what they were going to do with uh, the opening heist, but it was so fun and yeah, just really showcasing what they do, who they are, and establishing this team like right off the bat, like a super effective opening and just super setting the tone for what the rest of the movie would be like too.
1: Mm -hmm. I I wasn't able to take as many notes because I was really trying to pay attention because I'm like, oh, this is a lot of characters. It's getting complicated. I need to be focused because we're going to be talking about this. But I did write love a big hat right off the bat. <laughs>
0: right? uh, the outfits. And so for, I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening, you've maybe watched the movie. If not, I guess paint like the briefest of yeah. pictures, but you know, um, the youngest, uh, woman on this team, um, works with the more, motherly older woman on this team to kind of create this mother daughter dynamic yes, where
1: the younger woman, her name is Jenny call yes. and the older woman's name is chewing gum. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and they're basically trying to, um, get one over on this really successful businessman who has a super private collection of art, uh, mm-hmm. kind of, trapman style or like princess three style like um and just you know really height security they have all of these things on display but those are fakes they have the real things in this private gallery and um, yeah so they want to uh, Chew, chewing gum is there. She's
1: saying that. Oh, this is my daughter. You are courting her. You want to marry her. Approve oh, your wealth to me. Show me your private collection. I need to know that you're not a deadbeat, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Okay, fine, fine, fine. I have to. I have to appease the mother. So I will bring her into my private collection. And the minute they leave the room, you can see that like the heist is on.
0: Yes, yeah. And Yennecole yeah, has like the whole. Hat suit underneath mm-hmm. uh and immediately gets out of her um really nice like dress suit thing mm-hmm. um and is out the window um, <laughs> there's a bunch of guys on the a couple of guys on the roof um and uh yeah it's it's just um
1: It's a lot of there's a lot of like um, chords and belay lines and acrobatics done on these like, you know, sort of like that Mission Impossible uh, top copy. I'm being lowered on a cord like this is I think one of the big tropes of this movie is like how how they do different things while hanging off of stuff.
0: Right, 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 right. Uh, they definitely have the like unique skill sets. They're utilizing people for those specific abilities, and they mm-hmm. repeat those throughout the film. And this is kind of the first time we get to see those in action. So yeah, like we see a lot of that just kind of repeat throughout. And Yenikol is really set up to kind of be this—I uh, don't know—kind of just the small person that like can get into tight spaces. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The one that they uh, dangle off the sides of really tall buildings. Um, so she's got this, like, level of, like, fearlessness to her and she carries around all these gadgets. She knows how to use them to get in places and... um
1: I loved the part where she is eavesdropping on people and then she hears them coming and she's like, oh no. And she like parkours across like three balconies with like a glass of wine in her hand and doesn't spill any of it.
0: Doesn't spill a drop. And then she's like, (laughs) I almost died. And like (laughs) just takes a big sip of the wine. Love it.
1: She's great. So then, no, (laughs) no. No, good. No, I'm just trying to think. Like, okay, like chronologically, then they all meet up, and we. Oh my gosh, they take like the artifact from him, and they bring it back to their their like hideout, and the police come, and everybody's like hiding in the closet so that the police right. don't see them, and then the police use this artifact as an ashtray, and like spits yeah. in it.
0: Oh, it's so
1: gross.
0: Yeah, I uh I I was so invested in this, like, team, too. Like, to me, they Mm -hmm. seemed really close-knit. They seemed really, um, you know, kind of, like, honor amongst thieves. Like, they're all, you know, doing these jobs together and looking to kind of split everything evenly and do their own, their share of the work. Um, Right. So, you know, I I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, like, Not too long after this, the movie starts really kind of taking a bit of a turn where you realize that that's not really the case. I know. um, And I don't think we've seen that before. Kind of like there's usually maybe like one person who kind of like Mm -hmm. could be a backstabber or kind of turns out to be, you know, a little more selfish and nefarious. But everyone in this movie has it out for themselves only like they have no interest in doing this together once they realize what what they're after is worth and right it takes such a turn that I really just like don't think we have seen before because like it's true getting the team together and making a team that's built off of like a sort of trust with each other has been such a huge part of the heist trope for ever Mm -hmm. and i wasn't expecting so much backstabbing to be a part of this film.
1: Yeah, it was a lot, especially because like you said, we see them in this first heist together and they're a well-oiled machine. They know who's doing what, they get in and out. Like there's no stumbling or at least there's like a little stumble at the end for tension, but you know they're making it out of there just fine. And then, you know, they're like, okay, now we're going to this new job. It's going to be a bigger team they're going to have people from, Uh, south korea people from china like we're all coming together to make this big team and like the minute they make the bigger team you can start to see the cracks showing and i thought it was going to be oh this team versus this team but no they actually are all trying to work together i guess yes
0: and then everybody is solo for themselves yes um And it's an interesting dynamic too, between the two teams, because they've been brought in for their skills, but there is like a language barrier between them, you know, like one of them is Korean Chinese. So he speaks Chinese, but the rest Mm -hmm. of them don't. So they can't understand anything that's being said about them. Like one of the guys, um, is constantly being real gross to Yeniko, and she has no idea. (laughs) And, um, the guy that does speak chinese is like smitten with her so of course he's going to tell her but right you know there there's this huge language barrier and the chinese team don't speak korean so there's really uh Macau Park that only speaks both of them to kind of keep the team together and in the loop and that falls apart I mean I don't really think it comes together at any point either they just like don't get along like end of story but um, right it's
1: definitely there's a lot dynamic. of um interesting language stuff happening in this movie not only do we have Korean but we have Chinese we have I think at one point the on team China team China is what I'm just going to no or yes team anyway. I think they're speaking Cantonese. Uh, yes. Yeah. But at one point they like switch over to Mandarin or something. And the guy's like, Oh, you're not speaking because you you think I'm there's like all of these interesting things with languages, two of the characters, um, in the in the new heist team chewing gum and oh what is this oh chen is his name mm, yes uh, they they team up and they have to pretend like this is going way far into right. the movie but they have to pretend they're a married couple and they kind of like hate each other and they bristle at each other until they realize that they both speak japanese and they're both kind of like right. oh this is cute we can speak japanese to each other and it's like we're on our own little team Right. And and other people are speaking English to try and throw other people off. It's a lot of
0: languages. Yes. It's really interesting. And there was like I mean, because for a lot of this movie, we're reading subtitles. But Then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're speaking English. And I was like, wait a second. Like what? (laughs) Um, And it was like almost jarring to be like, oh, I don't need this for a moment because it's just shifted to English. And that happens a few times in the film. Um, one of them is because a character felt that was kind of like a common language that they would all know she could speak it. Um, yeah. But then another time, I don't really understand. There, there's um, uh, an undercover cop that's in their group, and um, mm-hmm. Pepsi is practicing safe cracking with her. But then they start speaking English for some reason, too. And I don't think that's like explained, but I think um, it's
1: the same reason that. Tiffany's cousin or sister
0: uh,
1: was speaking English. I think it's because Julie is Chinese and Pepsi is Korean. So I think that was their like common
0: way to communicate
1: with each other.
0: Right, 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 right. So um, yeah, this whole thing is like this intricate plan. We initially (laughs) kind of get like this, um, like, they're gonna go rob a casino and you're like, oh, they're yes. going for like a bunch of cash and they're like, oh, we don't want the cash. We want this one the diamond specific diamond that's being housed here. And I thought that was a really interesting way to tackle that too. you know it's not a museum, it's a casino, but they're not after the thing that's the most obvious
1: mm-hmm. thing
0: to steal. Uh, it's something that's like a lot easier to get in and out and to just not get too greedy about
1: uh, right and they had they they, someone makes a duplicate we have that sort of trope come to play but I thought it was so funny they they referenced Audrey Hepburn yeah and then they're like oh it's Tiffany's diamond <laughs> so yes. I'm like okay we gotta I mean Audrey Hepburn is leaving her stamp all over these heist movies
0: yeah yeah it's It's really funny to see because, again, like last uh, episode when we watched Mission Impossible, obviously top copy is all over that. Mm -hmm. And here we're seeing um, the like effects of like uh, charade and how to steal a Mm -hmm. million and very much that kind of elegance that you love so much, too. And kind (laughs) of like bringing that here. And I think they do a really good job of integrating kind of that Ocean's Eleven vibe with like the Mm -hmm. team, the casino, the big over-the-top plan, the gadgets and all that. But then there is really a degree of suave elegance and all that to their plan in which they have to have, for instance, this couple pose as a Japanese married couple. And then, you know, we see Yenical really being able to glam it up too and have really elegant outfits. And there's (laughs) just, I don't know, there's a lot to this movie that draws from many of the things that I think we've loved over the course of this podcast so far. Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, and it's got plenty of action and crazy guns and all that stuff too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I I don't know. I really, I was very much, uh, charmed by this movie. Yeah.
0: And there's also like a romance going on here there's a few oh romances, yes yes but at the core of this Pepsi has gone to prison for Macau Park who she believes has betrayed her and then subsequently this betrayal has led her to uh Poppy Popeye whatever his Popeye. name is uh and you know it's she's basically gone to him in kind of this sorrow of the loss of this relationship she had right and there's um really this bizarre love triangle kind of going on, um, there and she's not over Macau Park, but she wants to get her revenge and do this job as a way of getting back at him for spurning her. Right. So and, um,
1: we have, um, a little flashback that yes. goes to like the, the, this job that Pepsi did before going to jail. Um, Call goes and picks her up from jail and like makes fun of her and it's all very right. cute. Um, And I guess they're doing their thing where they're like being belayed on these ropes in an elevator shaft. And Macau takes the gold in the bag and he goes down in the shaft and his belay his like cable breaks and she thinks, oh, my gosh, he's he's dead. He's been hurt. And she goes down to run after him and he's gone and basically never comes back. So it's to be assumed that he has run off with the money. And so Popeye, who is also on that mission with them, you know, takes her under his wing or into his arms, I guess, and uses that as an opportunity to get her into a relationship with him instead of Macau.
0: Right, right. Uh, Yeah. So there's like quite a lot going on in this film, you know, um, it is like I will say a bit busy at times. Like, there mm-hmm. is a lot to kind of try and remember and be like, oh, right, 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 right. This is what's going <laughs> on. Oh, and this. But there's like heists on heists on heists. We get the opening heist, yes. we get flashback heists, we get this main heist. And there's a lot of like planning. We're shown all of these mm-hmm. steps along the way that they're going to be able to pull this off. And it's great. I really enjoyed all of that setup, and I feel like there's a lot of great payoff there, too. But then that third act is, oh my gosh, so long, it's so long. It's like for a heist movie, after the heist takes place, everything gets like that's half the movie. and then like the third act is like the rest of the film
1: it's <laughs> so long. Yeah. The third act is sort of like where it becomes more of an action thriller movie and less a heist movie, I guess. um, okay. here's a big spoiler alert. Um, Julie, who is on the the new heist team, who is also a safe cracker. She likes to crack safes by like putting her ear up and like listening to the Mm -hmm. clicks of the lock. Um, She is an undercover cop. (gasps) And so the third act of the movie is a lot to do with like her leading the cops in the charge of like, they want Macau Park, but they want this person who's going to fence the diamond even more. He's like this super high criminal. I think his name is Wei Hong.
0: Yeah. And he has this,
1: no one's ever seen his face and he has a butterfly tattoo. And like, so that's who they're really after. So the cops are sort of like following Macau Park around trying to get to this crime boss basically
0: yes I thought I will say um regarding Julie I really thought that there was going to be a change of heart like I thought she was going to (laughs) be one of the thieves and kind of have it out for herself but I think that kind of like they do a really small thing where they give you a little bit of her backstory where she's like my father was a thief. I'm a cop. Mm-hmm. And you realize that like, she's committed to not being becoming her father, not being a part of the criminal uh, world. And um, I don't know, but that being said, she still very much wants, knows that the target is uh way. And she wants mm-hmm. to make sure that he's caught above all else. Um, so Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. They don't really tell us how they formed these teams. We're just, you know, the trope exists of like getting the teams together in which we see both of the teams come together. But Mm -hmm. we don't really get any context for who or how they all were brought together in the first place. Right. It's, yeah. And then the guy with the crimped hair, Andrew. Andrew.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, I feel like, was he the only one who didn't have it completely out for himself? Like, he's so bumbling. I think he was just like, I'm on the team, you know? I don't yeah. think he had a moment where we were like, and here is what Andrew is really about.
0: <laughs> I don't think he's ever really given the chance either. Yeah. You know, like, I think he's been set up to be the bumbling dimwit, like mm-hmm. right, the get-go. Although they do call Yannickle a dimwit. At the very beginning, too, but she proves herself to n- not be like right off the bat um but I digress like Andrew is very much like reactionary and he's you know uh just kind of a like goon, he's just there he yeah. brute force when necessary, and to kind of stare in the face of any danger that they kind of come across um or so be I a distraction exactly, um. So yeah, I don't know. He doesn't really ever have the opportunity since a bit later on he's you know again speaking of uh when it all kind of starts to go wrong, he's caught pretty quickly and um then I mean he's in it briefly still after that but then you don't really see him again.
1: He does the big chase, right? Where he like chases Popeye. Yeah. And then they realize that they didn't have the diamond where he gets hit by the car.
0: Right, 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 right. Well, I'm I'm skipping
1: way ahead once again.
0: I know, I know. So am I. I keep going all over the place. This is what happens when we don't take notes. But I don't know. Like, I think this is a really, I didn't take notes either. But um, I overall thought this was really solid. The second, the, the third act of the film, there is still very much like, the con aspect to it so the the first two acts are the heist the heist Mm -hmm. planning the past heists the opening heist but then the third act is the cons so it's everyone presenting their own con to get away and have all this to win exactly uh it gets a bit like rat race like you know everyone's out for themselves um and we also see a little bit of like the romance continue there where um, chewing gum and Chen, is that what Chen was, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, meet a tragic end, but they found love.
1: Yeah, uh, they fe- they actually fall in love with each other. It's yeah. very cute. It's like the Although, fake
0: dating to romance <laughs> trope. Uh, and Yannickle has this line early on where she's like, I don't know if we should do this job. I had a bad dream that we all died. And mm-hmm. She's like, I'll buy that dream from you, and they're like jokingly taking the dream away from her. And as this like moment happens close to their death, she's like says, "I bought the wrong dream," and I was like, "Oh, like I think that's the only line that really stuck with me, like throughout the film." (laughs) It was just like a really sweet moment, but she like dies with this person that she had found love with after like ten years of thinking this wouldn't be something she could find again at her age and it was like a really yeah their
1: whole problem was i guess chen didn't believe that they were going to be able to steal the diamond and chen and chewing gum were gambling uh with tiffany i guess to keep her occupied and away from her diamond and they could see how much money tiffany had in this like right briefcase full of cash and chen is just like screw the diamond, screw the plan. We're going to go for the suitcase of money. Right. And that's where their plot line sort of falls apart and they get into a chase and eventually they yes. they don't make it. Right. But it was very cute to watch them fall in love.
0: It's very like Bonnie and Clyde. Like they just mm-hmm. kind of go out guns blazing together. And, you know, in their last kind of moments, chewing gum has the revelation that she loves this person and they at least get to have this moment of um mutual uh feelings for each other before their <laughs> demise but right um you know we have still this other like love triangle going on and a revelation has been kind of presented soon after this in which we learn that perhaps um Macau Park didn't betray them all after I all like, this was not what happened and it's revealed that uh Popeye is in fact the one that tried to kill him in order yes. to um get uh Pepsi to run into his arms
1: with uh, the money and yes. cut another person out or with the gold rather yes. so he so- like does like a half clip on the on the cable that's supposed to yeah. hold him
0: up yes and he believes that Pepsi's gonna have the money. And you know, that's kind of the big part of the plan for him that falls apart here is that um Macau actually has the gold when the wire breaks and he falls, um, believing him to be dead. And um this is unbeknownst to Pepsi, but mm-hmm. it's all being conveyed over uh, all of their headsets, and everyone's just like this is like the moment where. I mean, everyone at this point we know is out for themselves for the most part, Mm -hmm. but this is the moment when it's kind of like deeply revealed that these are all very selfish people that, you know, we're realizing are a lot more devious than previously thought.
1: Yes. And so I think all of this is being revealed over their headsets while Pepsi is like looking at the diamond in Macau's room. Mm -hmm. And I guess she decides
0: to. Does she swap it? She does because oh no, right. she doesn't swap it. Um There's like This was much, This was
1: really hard because there was many swaps I happening. I know.
0: I know. I was like so confused. I I kind of followed, but there's like basically we find out just after this is that um we think up until this point only one decoy has been made. So mm-hmm we are led to believe that um, whatever has been in this Macau parks light is the real one. And when Yannickle gets there, uh, eventually um, it's swapped out for.
1: Um, he swaps it for the decoy.
0: Yes. Uh, but we find out that like that is also um, that's not the case. I don't know because Yenical I'm wondering, up, Yeah, Yenical I'm wondering if it's a he... real one, right?
1: That's what i'm I'm wondering if no ynickle winds up with the glass one, so I'm wondering if and if I'm wrong, I am sorry audience but but I think Pepsi put at some point had the the decoy, right? I think when she was oh, I don't know, I feel like there was a swap, and then the decoy was in the light, mm-hmm. and then when I think. Yannical has the real one thinking it's the decoy one and so when she does the swap she takes the decoy and puts the real one
0: but that's what I thought too but then when the crime bosses come in immediately after that oh yeah they're like it's a fake," and they do it's a fake and Yannical is the one at the very end who does have the real one because she does that whole scene where um She's in the building that's evacuating. She gets naked. She showers in the water that is like the water um, pipe that's burst. Yeah. And she puts it in the towel and they escort her out. So she is the one that does in fact leave with the real diamond.
1: And what's in the
0: bag that Popeye takes? That's another decoy. Because remember, they run into the street and there's that scene after the, right, and the and
1: motorcycle it, hits it and it breaks. Yeah,
0: and that's the broken one. So, so there's a
1: second decoy somewhere. Yes,
0: but yes, that's that was a plot point where Yenikle says, I heard you on the phone because she's an eavesdropper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she heard that another decoy was being made. She calls back and has another decoy.
1: Okay. This is now making sense. Yes. Okay, okay. So We're on has <laughs> yeah
0: so Yenicle has a second decoy made she pays even more money for the guy who makes it to stay quiet and not tell um, Pepsi about it uh, and Popeye. And it arrives. They do a quick little flashback showing Yannickle receiving it and not telling anyone. I
1: see. Yes. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. So Yannickle ends up with it and that's why she, her and Pepsi are like chilling together at the end.
0: Yes. So at the very end of the movie, um, Yenicol thinks she's gotten away with it. She's still in Hong Kong and everyone's just like, everyone who's still alive is like, <laughs> mm, you know what? Maybe I'm good. Maybe I don't need this diamond. Uh, this was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Pepsi winds up meeting the business man from the first movie, which is like not a coincidence. Like she was clearly using him to. Um, to get it. Yeah. Get it. Uh And. This is the part that I didn't, this, so this is like, we're, we've jumped ahead to the end of the movie now. Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. The part that I was like lost on and I tried to, I Googled, this is where I said I looked up the movie briefly. This was me trying to find the ending explained to me. Okay. Um, Because he, she's brought him to pay for the hotel room, like Yannickle's hotel bill. uh, And she's basically trying to get like all of Yannickle's stuff. But she checks in with this guy, uh, Pepsi does, and she's like, oh, um, did you already pay for the bill for Yannickle's room? Um, and he's like, uh, I went to, but somebody had already paid for it and took her luggage.
1: Yeah, that was Macau.
0: Was it? I thought so. I mean, I thought so too, but like I didn't, they don't really explain it explicitly. And then all of a sudden- I think-
1: that's Macau going up to get the diamond from her room.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. That that was my interpretation of it because we, once again, okay, there's a part in this movie where Macau dons old man makeup, like to mission impossible. Yeah. And yes. It's very much like, okay, you can tell that this old guy bumbling around in the background of some shots is going to be important. Which one of the crew is he? Obviously this is somebody in disguise and it ends up being Macau. And he, after he like takes off and escapes the police at the end of the heist, he, we see him call Pepsi in the hotel and he's like, oh, I don't know if we'll ever see each other again. And he's in the old man get up and he's, uh, and she's like, wait, you're in Hong Kong. And he's like, oh, I'll never tell or whatever he says. I forget. right? And like immediately after that, like, it's clear that he's in the hotel. Right. He's calling her from the hotel that she is also in like probably a room away. Right. 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 And so when she's like, oh, are you going to pay for my my friend's hotel room? He's like, oh, I wanted to, but it was already paid for. And they somebody already got the luggage. I'm like, this is Macau sneaking in there to get the diamond.
0: Uh, OK, yeah. So as you can tell, dear listeners there's quite a few twists and turns. Yes, there uh, really is. There's a lot of characters. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to keep track of. And I do feel like, I mean, I definitely paused a bit to kind of like, be like, all right, am I processing this? Um, <laughs> but there's a lot going on. This movie is pretty long. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely just a lot to keep track of. Yeah. I don't know. Overall, I mean, the long third act aside, I really enjoyed this movie. It really impressed me with the number of, like, fun tropes it put in. And Mm -hmm. overall, the pacing was a bit off, but the story, the characters, everything else was really on point. And I think it's, like, up there as one of my kind of new favorite, like, heist movies. Like, you know, I don't think it's, like, in the, like... Top, top, I don't know, but I'd say like maybe top 10, top five. I don't know. It's up there though.
1: Yeah, it was great. It it hit all my my the things I love about Heist movies. I think like the third act, while it did feel long, this was one of my favorite third act chase scenes mm. out of all the crazy ones we've seen, like, you know hudson hawk with their crazy one the right. crazy one. We just watching mission impossible this one they do a chase scene it's Macau, and he's on his like little uh cable hanging out a window and they're like running along chasing each other up and down yeah. the side of a building yeah and i'm like this i can get into this is an awesome heist uh yes. chase oh. scene
0: I totally forgot about that. There is definitely like some really cool like parkour stuff. There's some mm-hmm. really cool like fight scenes, like like martial arts fight scenes too. And they do just like a really fun job of um, bringing this all together and putting a lot into the film. Um, and I'd say like that stuff doesn't feel overwhelming. It's kind of more the plot stuff. Everything else is yeah. just really fun and lent itself to the action portion of the film.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was funny and, you know, moving when, you know, like when the couple passed, died or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't, it had a lot of, it had a lot going for it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I know you didn't wind up coming up with a lot of trivia, but do you want to tell us a little bit about the other stuff
1: you found or? Okay, well, I was looking for trivia and I was coming up kind of short. Nothing that was really like piquing my interest. I did find a little fact where he's like, I'm I'm not inspired by Oceans Eleven. Oceans Eleven should be inspired by me right. or whatever. Um, I did stumble across a new lockpicking lawyer video that blew my mind. We have to talk about it.
0: <gasps> okay, 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 okay.
1: <laughs> so, okay. Everybody, um, Lockpicking Lawyer is a YouTube channel that I have become obsessed with as we go on our, our heist journey. Uh, this person can unlock anything. It is wild. It is amazing to watch. Sometimes he can unlock things in like under a second. I, I don't know how he does it. But there is a new video. The title is High-Tech Tailgating with Thermal Imaging. And it blew my mind. He got a little thermal camera for his phone and he's like if you stand behind somebody while they do like a a punching in their code like a pin like a door pin Mm -hmm. and they step away and you look at it through the thermal camera you can see where they're there the butt which which buttons were warmer and you can like tell and so he's he's demonstrating this and he's showing like oh you can clearly see the buttons they touched but you have to be kind of close to them and you have to You have to sort of, like he says in the the title of the video, like tailgate them. So that way you're like, and he goes, I wonder if I could do this from far away. And he buys like a scope for a rifle, like without the rifle. And it has like a thermal scope on it for like hunting at night or in the cold. And he uses the scope. He says you could be 50 yards away and somebody could punch in their code and it works just as well. And for like twice as long it was crazy it blew my mind this guy is going to teach me how to heist everything
0: <laughs> oh my god that's so cool i mean i feel like that's also slightly terrifying like in oh, a way absolutely. It's just like just all of these ways to break into everything like on one hand i'm like ooh fun on the other hand i'm like ooh dangerous but like right i mean to be honest like a lot of the locks that he
1: breaks he uses these tools that are not like widely known or available or they're very expensive. So it's like somebody would really have to want, but I do like to, if you're thinking about buying a new lock for your bike, I would recommend watching his channel and seeing the ones that are more hard for him to open.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's really cool. I'm going to have to check out some of these because I know you've mentioned these videos before and I've been like, whoa, neat. And then I just like haven't gotten around to like checking it out but like it's okay i I definitely want to
1: and i mean he like the first thing he says in the video is like the best way to maybe actually get into places with um codes like this would be just hold two two trays full of coffees and follow somebody into the building that way and you're just like oh of course of
0: course yeah naturally (laughs)
1: ah interesting interesting yeah i don't think he ever shows his face which i think makes a lot of sense you know
0: (laughs) that does make a lot of sense but
1: oh speaking of lockpicks back to the movie we're gonna tie it all together okay okay, Pepsi's earring that's like three little lockpicks on her earring how cool is that i love those earrings
0: Uh, of course that didn't really help her after everything went uh, bad in that yeah. part, but it was really cool to have that there up until that went not up great.
1: until it, it was out of her reach. <laughs>
0: yes. um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed that, and I'm I'm super excited. We um, I've added a couple more this uh, director's other film to the list, the one that's the heist, mm-hmm. and then I added again one Argentinian one. As well that i had read about briefly although i can't remember what it's called but uh i feel like we started with like maybe 96 movies on this list we've done 23 movies and looking at the list there are still 92 movies on our (laughs) high school so (laughs) we've knocked off like maybe four of them um total grand total but because we keep adding to it it it's only going down a little bit, but I love, it. I love talking about all of this. It's so much fun. And, um, yeah, we're, we're tackling, um, next month. Uh, we are going to be talking oceans eight. I'm
1: excited.
0: Oh, we're yeah. going to do another 8. oceans. I know we kind of skipped 12 and 13, but we'll, we'll circle back around eventually. I want to see like, this is basically oceans 11, but with the women at the forefront. So, I think it's okay to kind of skip and see what this has to offer especially pretty close off the tails of us watching Ocean's 11 both the original and the mm-hmm. remake. So, I'm stoked. And we just also did uh like it was the first Monday of uh May, which was the Met Gala. This has a Met Gala theme to it. Oh right, right. Perfect in retrospect, we maybe should have done it for that, but I didn't think about that until now. (laughs) So we're going to do it for the first Tuesday of June. So, um, yeah, uh, that is it Mm -hmm. for this week's episode. Uh, So if you want to say hello, uh, we are on Twitter or Instagram at capercastpod. You can send in questions, comments, suggestions, uh, or email us at Podcast at capercast.com. Um, both of our um, usernames are linked in the capercast's bio. Mm-hmm. But just in case, um, I'm at Hello Cookie and Whitney, where can people find you? I'm at Hey Whitney. How's up? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't know why I decided to say that, but what ups. Okay. Um, so, yeah, be sure to say hi. Tell us, you know, your burning questions that you want us to answer about oceans eight and such, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, be sure to share our show, subscribe review on your platform of choice. It helps, you know, get, get us out to other people. I mean, we're happy to just talk about heist movies with each other and yes, hopefully someone out there is enjoying this. Um, but I would just be happy to do this for us if no one else was even listening. So
1: I've been having a great time.
0: too Uh, so (laughs) we have been your hosts and this has been the caper cast so thank you for letting us steal a bit of your time and for tuning in and until next time don't get caught the caper cast is hosted by stephanie cook and whitney gardner our theme music is by the very talented emily milling